It is a joy to be with you all this morning. As I said, my name is Faith Shearholt, and I'm the Director of Student Ministries here. And what an honor it is to share this morning with you all and to be filled with so many new beginnings with new members and baptism. It's all wonderful things. But before I begin, will you please pray with me? Gracious and ever-present God, you promise to be with us always. In our joyous moments, in our grief, in our mundane tasks, and in our mountaintop experiences. Be with us now as we read and hear your word. And I ask, Lord, that you speak through me as you see fit. We pray this in your name. Amen. So last Saturday, I had the privilege of watching my best friend from college get married to the love of her life. It was a beautiful wedding and reception tucked away in Mount Baldy. It was just perfect as it needed to be. And while we were watching, the officiant, who was also a friend of mine, was speaking. She took the time to remind the bride and groom of all of those who stood by them from the years of childhood and on. Their parents who modeled commitment to them, their friends who showed faithfulness, and those who took places beside them on the altar stage. And while the marriage ceremony was focused on these two people that we love both individually and now together, this moment reminded all of us in attendance to remember all of those who stand behind us as well and those who stand beside us. But who does stand beside us? Let's make this more personal. Who stands beside you? When there's something to celebrate, who is already there at the finish line saying, congratulations, and bringing out the sparkling apple cider? When sometimes we feel hopeless and dim, who is already there to come to your side without any hesitation? You don't even have to call them. I can safely bet that we all thought of somebody, or maybe several people, as I ask these questions, the people that come to our side no matter what the occasion is. But now for one last question, and this one may need a little more time, maybe a little harder to answer for those of us, but who stood beside you at your baptism if you are baptized? For some of us, we were just infants like Hudson, and we only have the stories and the pictures and the memories of that wonderful moment. For others, including myself, who were baptized older, we remember a pastor or maybe a church member or an elder who came alongside us during our baptism, guiding us along even after when our journey just began in our faith story. One of the beautiful aspects of baptism is the promise of community. The promise that when we are baptized, we are then joined to Christ and to the Holy Spirit and to the church now and forever. Our directory for worship, I know getting a little geeky here with our PCUSA stuff, our directory for worship now says, no one comes to baptism alone. We are encouraged by family and friends and surrounded by the community of faith. In other words, no one comes to the font alone. Nobody. But if I were to add one little bit to that line, no one comes to baptism alone. And no one leaves baptism alone. We turn today to Matthew 28, verses 19 through 20. This verse may be well known to many of you. It's a very short passage. The text will be on the screen, but it's also in your Bibles, in your Bible apps, if you'd like to follow along. It says, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. 
And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. This passage comes to us at the very end of Matthew's gospel. It's the very last chapter. It's the very last little stanza. And what's going on is that the reports of Jesus' resurrection and victory over death are beginning to be circulated all around the community. Women and centurions and all sorts of people are talking about what has happened, telling all who will hear that Jesus is no longer in that tomb that they put him in. And this is where Matthew's gospel ends on the Great Commission. All authority over heaven and earth has been given to Jesus. He says this to his disciples who met him. All authority has been given to him. And therefore, he says, go and make disciples. If we go back to the original language, which was Greek, the same sentence can be translated as you are going. It's a little more uh, continuous. As you are going, make disciples. I love this translation instead because it invites us to see that discipleship is part of our everyday lives. It's not just a one-time, maybe on a Sunday morning thing. As we are going, as we are shopping, as we are working, as we are raising children, as we are living our lives, as we are doing homework, as, as we are living, be examples of God's kingdom and make disciples. Teach them the teachings of Christ. Teach them about the grace and the compassion and the truth of Christ as you're going. Baptize them. Welcome them into the family of God, of the triune God. This is the Great Commission. As we live our lives in the light of our own baptisms, as we walk in faith, bring others along into your journey so they too will become disciples, and so on and so on. But notice too that there's no expectation from Jesus for us to fulfill this commission alone. It's not like, okay, I'm going to leave now and, you know, figure it out. No, no, no. Jesus concludes this promise with the promise that he will be with the disciples always. This everlasting promise is in the word always. And it's a little awkward in the Greek, and I had a hard time reading it, because in our modern ears, when you read it, it says, always the always. It's a little weird to our ears. Always the always. But this interplay demonstrates the continuous nature of his presence. That it's always, always there. No matter where we are in our faith journey, Christ is present with us. Whether we are newly baptized or maybe our walking shoes have lost a little bit of tread, Jesus is always with us. He promises to be right there beside us, standing beside us. The Isaiah passage that Pastor Dave just read reminds us and even foreshadows this, that even when, not if, when the fires come, we will not be scorched. When the waters rise, we will not drown. When we pass through storms, when we get to the mountaintop, when, when he will be there, he stands beside us. We never walk this journey alone. Never and as I've said before, the, one of the beautiful aspects of baptism and even communion is that there's a promise of community. But what if part of the Great Commission is not just making disciples and baptizing them and going along? What if it's also to demonstrate the same faithfulness that Christ demonstrates to us? 
What if we saw baptism not just as part of one person's journey, but part of our own journey as a part of our own discipleship? That as one is baptized, we are also reminded this is a continuation of our discipleship. If no one comes to the fount alone, no one should ever leave the fount alone. And it can be scary thinking, oh my gosh, that's a big task. Which I love the combination of communion today because communion is the spiritual food that feeds us to continue to do that work we are called to do. So who stands besides us? I hope we can confidently say that Christ does, always along with friends and family and members of our communities. Christ stands beside us through all things because he loves us. No other fact, because he loves us. Who encouraged your faith? Maybe take some time this week and think, who encouraged your faith? Who has walked alongside you when your faith journey just began or maybe it hit a rough spot? For me, it was two pastors. Pastor Mike, not Mike Boozer, I haven't known him that long. It was Pastor Mike and Pastor Evan. Pastor Mike was a pastor at a church that I was at as a high schooler. I didn't go to church until I was in high school. And he took me under his wing after my baptism, and he taught me about God's grace, about what it means to have faith, and about evangelism. And Pastor Evan was my high school pastor, and he taught me how to read the Bible and how to seek God through really good questions and how to pray. More importantly, these two pastors, these two men, taught me that my faith journey mattered to them, not because I was some gold star on their chart, but just because I was part of the church, just because I was part of the family. My faith journey mattered to them. And I wonder, can we symbolize the same thing to others, that just because we love them, just because they're part of the church, we will walk beside them? So when we come and take communion in just a few minutes and think this is the food that will give me the energy to do what has been given, also think about who is standing beside you. Maybe think of it as a barbecue, though this isn't pulled pork or anything like that. Maybe it's a barbecue and there's a huge table. Maybe it's a banquet table. And we come together. We come together at this table. We come and we leave together as well, just as we come to the font together we leave the font together we now approach the table together and we eat together for we are bound together in christ we are bound together we are commissioned together and we are disciples together and the best part is that christ is always always with us so let us model the same faithfulness as we do life together let's pray gracious god Your presence is here and always with us, even if we don't always see it. So give us the courage that we need to just seek it out. And we can trust that you've always been standing there. And remind us also of the community that has been always standing beside us, loving us and guiding us and teaching us about you. We love you so much and we pray this in your name. Amen.